Okay, start walking. Go ahead, go. I am resurrection and I am the life, says the Lord. Whoever has faith in me shall have life even though he died. And everyone who has life and has committed himself to me in faith shall not die forever. As for me, I know that my Redeemer lives and that at the last he will stand upon the earth. And after my awakening, he will raise me up and in my body I shall see God. I myself shall see and my eyes (coughs) behold him who is my friend and not a stranger. For none of us has life in himself and none becomes his own master when he dies. For if we have life, We are alive in the Lord, and if we die, we die in the Lord. So then, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's possession. Blessed from now on are those who die in the Lord, so it is, is, says the Spirit, for they rest from their labors. The Lord be with you. With your spirit. Let us pray. O God, who by the glorious resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, destroyed death, and brought life and immortality to life. Grant that your servant Ashley, being raised with him, may know the strength of his presence and rejoice in his eternal glory, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns one God forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. from Song of Solomon, chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. The voice of my beloved, behold, he comes leaping upon the mountains, skipping upon the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or young stag. Behold, he stands behind our wall. He is looking through the windows, gazing through the lattice. My beloved spoke, and he said to me, rise up my love, my fair one, and come away. For lo, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone, the flowers appear on the earth, the time of singing has come, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree puts forth her green figs, and the vines with the tender grapes give a good smell. Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. The word of the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not pastures he makes me lie down he restores my soul and he leads me on his great name surely goodness surely mercy right beside me my day 
reading from Philippians chapter 1, commencing in verse 12. But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel, so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife, and some also from goodwill. The former preach Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my chains. But the latter out of love, knowing that I am appointed For the defense of the gospel. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this I rejoice, yes, and will rejoice. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, This will mean fruit for my labor, yet what I shall choose I cannot tell. For I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you, with you all for your progress and joy of faith, that your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you again. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind striving together, for the faith of the gospel, and not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation, and that from God. For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which you saw in me, And now here is in me. This is the word of the Lord. song, this corner 
chapter 6, beginning at verse 31. Our fathers ate the manna in the desert, as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven... Not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. The Jews then complained about him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said to them, Do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up at the last day. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise be to thee, Lord Christ. Great. 
Guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From lies will cry to final breath. Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can No more. 
It's a little warm. If, uh, if Ashley controlled the weather, there'd be a thunderstorm every day. Um, I was laughing earlier because of the, the signs up here that say reserved for family, and um, really, it's all family. Amen. Um, bear with me. I wrote this last night after midnight, so it's a very rough draft, but we're going to do it. I have been so overwhelmed by the outpouring of love from all of the people Ashley and I have been connected to, some longer than others. But it is such a testament to her life and to our lives that there could be two services 2,000 miles apart and both places could feel like home. I, can't, I cannot imagine where I would be mentally, spiritually, emotionally if it weren't for the amazing community of people that we have been so privileged to be connected with. Ashley comes from a very large family, but our extended family is incredible. I was going to read a love letter that I had written to Ashley about a year ago that just shows how amazing our relationship was. But I already read it in Alabama, and it fit there. I also may have inadvertently gotten a few husbands in trouble. (laughs) I'm not going to share What I want to share is a little bit about what it was like that week we spent in the hospital to allow those of you who didn't get to experience it firsthand some insight um, and some perspective. Because the people that were there have a little bit of a different understanding than the people that weren't. The first two days, it was just us. And I didn't sleep much at all, but slowly as the word spread, more and more people started showing up. I think it was by the third night, and I was so exhausted and tired, um, we found somebody through the church who was a home health caregiver, and she agreed to stay with Ashley overnight so that I could go home and sleep. Um, The first few, it was just a whirlwind. And when I came back that next morning after I had a a good sleep, um, one of our f- close friends had brought his iPad and a portable speaker and had turned on um, the worship playlist that we use out, out in Selma. And it played f- 24-7 for the remainder of the time that we were there. Every time I would leave the room, I w- it would just keep going in my head. Um, eventually, there was somebody had brought in a, a diffuser, and we were diffusing like lavender and frankincense, like incense in the room. Um, we were in the hospital where I worked, and as they noticed more and more people coming, the, the management there would, would come and visit us, and eventually they gave us the hospital room next to us, cleared it out, put chairs in there so that more people could come. Um, one of the evenings that we were there, Rachel, her cousin, um, she had the, the hobbit with her, And she sat next to Ashley, and she started reading The Hobbit to her from the beginning. And by this time, she was she was pretty incoherent, pretty out of it. But when when she started reading, she just perked up and smiled, and just through the whole through the whole time she read it. Um, The Holy Spirit was just so so thick there. Um, I had set up a, a tablet 
she, we had a tablet there, and I had my hard drive with just a ton of photos. And so I set it up in the room, and every morning I would just add a few more to it, and it, it, and it played continually. And that was the atmosphere in that room. And it was beautiful. Um, almost every time that Ashley was in pain, she would begin to cry out, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It was a lot louder than that, but... <laughs> um, Multiple times she would like, she had pain in her back, so she'd want to get off of her back, so she'd just like jolt up with her hands raised and just cry out, Jesus, Jesus, worshiping. Going into all of this and throughout all of it, Ashley certainly had more peace and faith than I did. I believe sometime during the onset of all of this, a few, a few weeks ago, she heard the same still voice from God that I had heard before my first ER visit, before I was diagnosed. This is serious, but it's going to be okay. I know this because after the first office visit, there were moments when I would get fearful and start to well up, and Ashley would look at me and gently say, it's going to be okay. She even told some of her friends before the initial biopsy that started the whole process that she had peace. Either way, she believed God was big enough to handle whatever would happen, and no matter what did happen, that He would be victorious. While it is important to mourn the loss, it is even more important to celebrate her life, to look back and see God's victory through everything. You can easily look back on her life and say that it was marked by tragedy, but she didn't believe that. She always believed that there was a bigger story. That her life was marked by God's redemptive power and love. It was a privilege and an honor to spend so many wonderful years with her. I have peace knowing that as best as I could, I tried to love her the way Christ loves his church. By pouring myself out for her. She was my queen. We lived a fairy tale as kings and queens of Narnia. And I take comfort knowing that her loving spirit will live on in all of those she experienced life with. You will be missed, Ashley, but you are so loved. And she knows now more than ever that Christ has always loved us. He's not mad at us. And he will never leave us or forsake us. Yes, Josh, um, people were complaining about the letter that you read. (laughs) None of the women were complaining, but a number of the husbands were not real happy. Um, There were a lot of you, or some of you, who were in Selma. And when um, 
knowing I was coming, I talked to Libby. I said, Libby, I don't really know what to say because I kind of said all I knew to say the way I needed to say it in Selma. And so I'm not going to say those things, but I'm going to say those things in a little bit of a different form. So those of you who heard some of this, I think it's somewhat different, but it's the same. Um, I've known Ashley since she was 10 years old. She called me Babu. Babu Swahili for grandfather. That's what my kids, my grandkids call me, or Babu, as Josh does. There were two things that I'm just reading from my iPad. I said this is sub, which is a miraculous thing that I can speak from an iPad, or even open one and make it work, which is amazing. <laughs> there are two things that God looks for that I believe he found in Ashley. Second Chronicles 16.9 says this, For the eyes of God run to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking for anyone whose heart is perfect towards him, that he might show himself strong on their behalf. He didn't say that their walk was perfect towards him or that their theology was perfect towards him. The New American Standard says it this way, whose heart is completely his. I believe Ashley had a heart that was completely his, was perfect towards him, and he showed himself strong on her behalf. She loved the anointing more than anything else. It was her greatest passion. And when I say the anointing, I'm not talking about a thing. I'm talking about the manifest presence of God and the revelation of his nature in any setting, personally or corporately. Her passion was to live personally and to see revival where an atmosphere of anointing is continual and perpetual. That's one of the reasons she loved the CEC so much. That scripture that we love to quote from the Psalms, it says, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Ashley knew that from the beginning, it wasn't about celebrating three streams or trying to figure out three streams. It was about trying to understand how to arrive into the river of the anointing at its fullest measure. And that's what she was so loyal to. Because she knew the CEC, by vision, was after the greatest expression of anointing you could possibly experience. And nothing else could dishearten her from that. This was her passion. It was her life. Jesus was her magnificent obsession. The other thing that God's looking for that I saw in Ashley, John 4, Jesus said to the woman at the well that the Father's looking for true worshipers who will worship him in spirit and truth. She was a true worshiper. She was one of the great worshipers I've ever been around. She would pursue the opportunity or the environment or setting where real worship was happening. She loved playing her djembe on the worship team. Josh drummed at the funeral. That was part of their walk together. Her throne room worship now on the sea of glass mixed with fire, shared by myriads of others, true worshipers, must be amazing for her. It's Disneyland on steroids for Ashley. <laughs> the angels and the heavenly mythical creatures and all the stuff. I, she's in the ultimate place of true worship. Ashley loved her tribe. I talked about this in Selma. She loved her family. All of them. All of them. <laughs> I told at the funeral that when the powers showed up, the population of Selma increased by about 
She had a special bond with all of her siblings, loved them intensely, and all of her cousins, all 10 million of them. It was either a night before or two nights before Ashley left this side that during the night she spoke two words, Papu and Jonah. As far as I know, those are the last two words she spoke clearly, at least that I knew about. She loved her tribe, and she loved her extended tribe because she considered her friends here and in Selma part of her life in a profound way. She loved Joshua, her hero. <laughs> Ashley, as Joshua said, as all of you know, was familiar with pain and loss in her life, but the last ten years have been the best ten years of her life. Ashley's love for Josh and her love for Disneyland were a perfect fit. She loved Disney, I believe, so much because even in the midst of loss, she had a kingdom mindset that believed in happy endings. And Josh was the one who helped her have ten years of happy endings. With childlikeness, she saw the kingdom of God as a magic kingdom that always had happy endings, and Josh was her knight in shining armor who gave her the happy ending for the last ten years of a swashbuckling adventure that only her Captain Jack Sparrow could give her. (laughs) People ask, what happened? I'll give the same answer here as I did at home. I refuse to give the enemy any publicity at all. I know that he strikes out at us, but he knows that his wounded head is terminal. I tell people at home all the time, I believe there is a devil. I just don't believe in him. And I refuse to. Here is the truth. Ashley really understood what it meant to be in Christ. She loved being in Christ and understood clearly, personally, experientially, that that meant more than she was a part of the church. It meant that she had been placed into a union, personally, with the living Christ. And that was the context of everything that she did. She lived in Christ, she died in Christ, and she is vividly and personally experiencing, even now, that everything, like Ephesians 1.10 says, is summed up in Christ. That was her life, that's how she died, that's her existence now, as she prays for us. The scripture part of it was quoted in the processional from Romans 14, 7 through 9. For not one of us lives for himself, and not one dies for himself. For if we live, we live for the Lord. If we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. And to this end, Jesus both died and rose again, that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. So again, when people ask me what happened, I simply tell them she lived in Christ. She breathed her last in Christ. She's breathing her best in Christ. And Jesus is Lord. The moment that she died or breathed her last, the battle for her life stopped here. 
being the story. The moment she breathed her last, from that moment forward, the only story is the victory of Jesus. Years ago, when Livia's father, who she was really close to, passed away, Wood was, he couldn't have been maybe three years old. And um, so after the funeral, maybe that next day or so, Livia was sitting around crying. And Livia's not a crier, generally. And um, so it upset Wood that he saw his mom crying. And he said, Mom, why are you crying? He said, she said, well, because your papa has died and he's in heaven. And he said, it's okay, Mom. We're all going to get to die one day, too. (laughs) He was already a better theologian than I was. (laughs) People ask me some, do you miss her? I missed her between Sundays. Unless I got to see her on Friday nights or sometimes Sunday night hanging out. I do. I um, I miss you, Snickle Fritz. But I'll see you soon. George Burns, one of my favorite comedians, said, never ever follow an act of children or animals. I just found something more difficult. That's preaching after Josh and Chuck. <laughs> it took not a lot of courage. I just feel really, really honored to be able to hear that and listen to it and take a part in it. Thankful to um, Bishop Doug for allowing me to come here and be part of this. Um, I had a choice. I guess it could have gone to Selma or here. I couldn't have done both. Just impossible to do it. And um, I chose here because this is where I knew Ashley. You know, I, I met. I would be around Ashley and Selma and obviously and other events, but this was where I met her when she was a little girl. And um, mostly she'd come running in and, and interrupt the House of Bishops dinner. Um, to get her blessing from her grandfather before she went to bed. And uh, she would just be around the house all the time. It just, she was like a constant presence. And so I remember as a child, I, didn't, I, didn't, um, I missed the part of actually, after she went to Selma, met Josh, got married, and then we kind of got back in touch with each other. I had the task of, um, of preaching, not eulogizing, and uh, the job of the preacher is real simple. It's to preach Christ crucified. 
if you follow the daily office, we read it in Corinthians. He said, we preach Christ crucified. It always seemed to me it'd be easier to preach Christ risen from the dead. But he said, no, preach Christ crucified. Foolishness to some. But to those who are being saved, it's the wisdom of God. And it's particularly hard to think of that in light of a funeral. Because it definitely in a funeral it would be easier to preach Christ risen from the dead. Then that's a lot more hopeful message, it seems on the surface, than Christ crucified. And as I thought about it, I began to kind of put in this context, Jesus, what we know of Jesus, it says that he came and he is in every way as we are, right? yet without sin. And that proclamation, and that proclamation right there says, we have a God who's human in every way as we are. The God sitting on the throne is human with wounds still in his hands. Our God entered into Everything totally and completely. Not like Superman. You know, some people have a Superman God who, who, he was really God, but he disguised himself as Clark Kent. You know? That was his real identity. No. God's identity was Jesus. From the moment of conception in the womb of Mary, he took flesh. And the first thing he did, he had in common with every one of us, he was born. Every one of us was born of a woman. All of us spent eight months or nine months, ten months, inside that womb. We don't remember much of it. But it was a very significant time. Because you started out as a little tiny egg with a sperm and you became what you are today. And everything in that, biologically, was all planned out. What color eyes you're going to have, what color hair, how tall you're going to be. They even say diseases that you're going to have. You can locate inside that DNA that all started there in the womb of a woman. And we were born. And Jesus was the same way. He was born. Phenomenal that God would become the le- not the least, a sperm and an egg, but would become such that he would have the creature be the one he's dependent upon. A God totally dependent, wrapped in swaddling clothes, unable to move. You know how they wrap babies, and you know, all they can do is their head. You know? And, and they just, he couldn't feed himself couldn't see for a while. Everything depended on his mom and his stepfather. The rest of his life, there's a lot of common, but it, there's, there's differences because Christ remained poor, but some people of us are rich. Christ was male and, and some are female. There's a lot of differences. Once you move beyond that birth, there are a whole lot of differences between you and me and our cultures, our backgrounds. He held in common that we were human, but 
throughout that, there's messages that he's giving by the way he's living and choosing to live. But he comes to a moment of a second thing that he has in common with us. Every man who's walking the earth as if he died. We have a God who was born, and we have a God who died and participated in our humanity. In a sense, we come today to remember, we call it a memorial service, actually, because we're doing memories. We're coming to remember things about Ashley, because those memories from the time she was born, some of you were there and remembered holding her feeding her, giving her a bottle. Some of you were there when she walked as a toddler or did all those. I don't have those memories. I was like you around 10 or I, I met Ashley. But I have memories from there. I, I, you know, I remember the, the innocent child uh, who delighted in showing love to everybody. Even that she'd come down when she interrupted the house, but she just hugged everybody in the room. She didn't, uh, didn't matter if she knew your name or not. She knew and was taught these are bishops in the Church of God, and they loved you, and she would return the love. I remember her being uh, a special relation she had with uh, Papua and Nam, having lived there and watched that grow and nourish it. To be born into the Adler Tanner clan and this St. Michael's family is to be born and raised an incredible household of faith. You, you just got it beat into you, if you will, <laughs> that you were going to walk by faith. It wasn't an option. And so Ashley knew that and just continued to walk in it, especially when, like, the family of tragedy came. She's continued to walk by faith because that's how she knew how to walk. That was the way. And I remember those times. I remember the funeral of Jonah and Chloe and Gina. She was that way when, when, when Papu died and Nam died too. She knew how to walk by faith through it. And it was encouraging. Some of you have that memory of Ashley becoming a young woman, getting married. I'm sorry I didn't miss that one. But I knew that Josh loved Ashley and that there was this unique relationship that they had that was like Christ in the church. And it's because of those memories that we can come today with smiles on our faces and joyful, but also grieved. Because there's no more memories to happen. We mourn the lack of future memories that we can have. There's no future here. So we mourn. We cry. We, and that's, the Bible says there's a time to mourn. There's a time to grieve. But the Bible says don't get stuck there. But it's a time to do that I once talked to somebody and they said, I can't stop crying. I said, that's evidence of how much you love the person that's gone. 
you know, if you come to the grave with whoopee, we're all going to die. Something's missing. See? There's in us that, that, you know, I remember when my mother died and, and uh, she loved, showed babies and she never met her grandchildren. And the first thing I wanted to do was call her when my first child was born. And I couldn't do it. And I wept. Years after, I grieved the fact that this relationship that I had here could no longer have this. And that's why death is an enemy. It steals that from us. Takes it away and it robs it. And we cry and we weep. And it's okay. Denial is not a good thing. Nor is it a river in Egypt. It's mourning is real. We celebrate those memories too, and because in birth it's the beginning. But birth is really not the beginning of our life. We did not create life. We get a little arrogant and we think we do and we turn around and we'll say these are my children like we own them and we made them. No. We didn't create anything. That's why they call it procreation. God created it actually. God created you. But Jeremiah says before you were, were in your mother's womb God knew you. He formed that DNA. He formed, created Ashley. Before her birth, all we are doing, right, on a birth, birthday, is making, celebrating the transition from the mind of God into the reality of this temporal time that we now share with people. For the little time that we're all going to be here. But it's God who formed us, and, and, and it's made visible there. The one who became human was the same way. It says before the foundation of the world, he knew us. The plan was in place. He just became visible at his birth. But the one who became human, perfectly human, not only entered into our birth, he entered into our death. He took that, that event, that enemy, that robbed us of the joy that we could have had with our loved ones, ended that process and transformed it so much that that death has become the entrance into eternal life. That death is no longer the end. It's the beginning of everything. Follow me? <laughs> it's the beginning. It's in fact where we really are born again. In every way. Not just spiritually, 
but with a glorified body. Born again into a community of victorious saints who have gone before us, who surround us right now, who will be present with us at this Eucharistic table in just a few moments, as real as Jesus will be present with us. They'll be here. They've been praising God all along. I used to say, you know, don't mourn for me at my funeral because I won't be there. But the fact is I will be there. I'll just be seated in the upper seats. As will all who have gone before us. Amen, you see? That's, that's what the cross is all about. It's on that cross and in that death that we will become completely what we were meant to be for all eternity. You'll be more human when you're dead than you are now. Most of us live less than human. We don't live up to our humanity. Sometimes we live like animals. Sometimes we have twisted perception. Sometimes we want to love, but we really don't. We confuse sometimes, you know, loving people with buying people. Or we treat things like people and people like things. We get that all confused and we live less than human. But God is calling each one of us into a perfect humanity. As Romans says, each of us is being formed and made into the image and likeness of Christ. The fully perfect human. See, you're going to meet Ashley again, but you're going to meet her perfect. Perfect. We're going to meet Papua Nam perfect. Like he's perfect. Perfectly human. Praising God. Able to love without anything in the way. With no insecurities, no inadequacies, no wondering, no expectations of getting anything back to love like God loves. And see, if there's eventually, get that peace that passes with understanding with ourselves and with God, it's going to take surrendering to the fact that we're going to die. But we have the choice to die in Christ. That's our choice. To die with him, to participate in his death by picking up our cross daily and following him. And that's something the Adler and the Tandler family I know and probably Joshua did very well. And it was hard sometimes. And might continue to be hard. That cross, the Christ, got on, abolishes death, and there we know resurrection. A lot of people in churches want to pole vault over the cross. And just go right to resurrection. But you can't do it. And so in a very strange way, we come today celebrating all that stuff about Ashley that we knew and remembered. And when you gather together afterwards, you're going to tell stories, probably for weeks. Maybe longer. There'll be Ashley stories. And that's good. And we'll celebrate that. 
But because of the cross, in some way, we also celebrate Ashley's future and our future. That's why we say, even at the grave, we make our song, Alleluia. Even staring into the face of death, we say, Alleluia, because we mourn, but not as a people without hope, the Bible tells us. Why? Because of the cross of Christ. Ashley, we'll miss deeply. And like Bishop and Josh said, Ashley's praying for us. I know some people have a hard time. And I ask people to, who are in heaven to pray for me. And some other people say, well, you, we're not allowed to talk to the dead. And I said, well, last I knew they weren't. <laughs> and I believe they're praying. I believe they're praying for us, and, they, and, and they're joining with Jesus in prayer. They're joining the perfect intercessor. Today, we join in that, as we do in every Eucharist. And I would ask this Eucharist, as in everyone, that we get transformed to be the visible love and hope for those around us. So it says that the world will know we're followers of his by our love for one another. The greatest thing we can do as believers is enter into the mourning of another and love them. I know anybody who says that kind of suffering knows that people are going to come up to you and say the dumbest things ever. Be gentle. They're just saying they love you and they don't know what to say. You know. I always like the one when you go to the funeral home and the casket's open, the person looks down and say, they look better than they did when they were alive. And I'm like, oh, I wonder what they look like when they're alive. You know? <laughs> now, we come, we bring that love. And I want to tell you the hardest part is not this funeral. The hardest part for those who loved Ashley is going to be months from now. When all the flowers stop coming and the cards start coming, there's no more cake and coffee and wine. And it's just the morning and you're alone. But that's when we need to be there. We just need to be there to love. And to make that visible is what's missing in the world today. The world is not looking for Facebook faith statements. You're converting nobody on Facebook. You understand? No one is coming to Christ because of the pithy little Bible statement you made. Or the theological argument that you spent hours writing to send to your circle of friends who already know what you think. And you think they're reading it because they go like. No. Real conversion comes out of genuine love. It comes out of crucified love. That's where it comes from.
a genuine conversion of my life was meeting, meeting the crucified Jesus. The one who laid down his life for me. If we want to witness the gospel, we become a people who will lay down our lives for those who mourn right now. And be to them the love of Christ and let other people see it. And the world will be drawn, Jesus says, by that love. That love will transform everything. Thanks for letting me spew out some thoughts. And it's good always to be with my family at St. Michael's, and I consider you family. And I know this community. It's a community that knows how to suffer. And they do it well. They do it well in a, in a sense because they're, they preach Christ crucified and the love of God. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Can I get some water? Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. For our sister Ashley, let us pray to our Lord Jesus Christ, who said, I am resurrection and I am life. Lord, you consoled Martha and Mary in their distress. Draw near to us who mourn for Ashley, and dry the tears of those who weep. Hear us, Lord. You wept at the grave of Lazarus, your friend. Comfort us in our sorrow. Hear us, Lord. You raise the dead to life. Give to our sister eternal life. Hear us, Lord. You promised paradise to the thief who repented. Bring our sister to the joys of heaven. Our sister was washed in baptism and anointed with the Holy Spirit. Give her fellowship with all your saints. Hear us, Lord. She was nourished with your body and blood. Grant her a place at the table in your heavenly kingdom. Hear us, Lord. Comfort us in our sorrows at the death of our sister Ashley. Let our faith be our consolation and eternal life our hope. Lord Jesus Christ, we commend to you, our sister Ashley, who was reborn by water and the Spirit in holy baptism. Granted her death, may recall to us your victory over death and be an occasion for us to renew our trust in your Father's love. Give us, we pray, the faith to follow where you have led the way and where you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit for ages to ages. Amen. Amen. Peace. Peace of the Lord be always with you. And with thy spirit. Let's greet one another with a sign of God's peace. That's all right. God's peace.
The Lord be with you. I want to make a short announcement here about this song coming up here. That uh, This is Ashley's cousin, Austin Bonin, and he wrote this song for Ashley. For you, Ashley. <laughs> All right.
With your mama, she's holding you, saying, look how you've grown. And your brother and sister, you haven't seen in so long. Say hi to Nama and Papu, I miss them so much. I hope heaven is everything you dreamed of. Please stand. We welcome all baptized believers to receive the body and blood of Christ. This is the table of the Lord. It is made ready for those who love him and for those who want to love him more. So come, you who have much faith and you who have little. You who have been here often and you have not been here long. You who have tried to follow and you who have failed, come because it is the Lord who invites you. It is his will that those who want him should meet him here. Come to the table. The Lord be with you. With your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Father, all-powerful and ever-living God, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks to Jesus Christ, our Lord, who rose victorious from the dead and comforts us with the blessed hope of everlasting life. For to your faithful people, O Lord, life is changed, not ended. And when our mortal bodies lie in death, there is prepared for us an eternal dwelling place in the heavens. And so with all the choirs of angels in heaven, we proclaim your glory and join in their unending hymn of praise. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Lord, you are holy indeed, the fountain of all holiness. 
Let your Holy Spirit come upon these gifts to make them holy so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before he was given up to death, the death he freely accepted, Jesus took bread and gave you thanks. He broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. When supper was ended, he took the cup. Again, he gave you thanks and praise, gave the cup to his disciples and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life-giving bread and this saving cup. And we thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and serve you. May all of us who share in the body and blood of Jesus be brought together in unity by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world and make us grow in love, together with me, an unworthy sinner, for our Bishop Douglas and all the clergy. Draw our hearts to remember the poor and the broken. And as we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we be transformed to become the body of Christ to the world. Have mercy on us all and make us worthy to share eternal life with the apostles, the martyrs, and all the saints. And may we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him, with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit. All honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father now and forever. Amen. Amen. Jesus taught us to call God our Father, and so we have the courage to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Alleluia. The gifts of God for the people of God, take them in remembrance that Jesus died for you, and feed on him in your hearts with thanksgiving.
You have fed us with the spiritual food and drink of the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ, and have given us a foretaste of your heavenly banquet. Grant that this sacrament may be to us a comfort in affliction and a pledge of our inheritance in that kingdom where there is no death, neither sorrow nor crying, but the fullness of joy with all your saints. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who roam throughout the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Remember the gospel, the good news, that God was in Christ Jesus reconciling the world to himself, not counting our sins against us. God loves you. God's forgiven you. And therefore, God is not angry with you. And above all, especially in the midst of this that we're going through, he'll never leave us nor will he forsake us. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and with those you love and care for this day and forever. Amen.
I look back and I see you.